Hello, Rob. Hi, Paul. We're back again. We're back again. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Since You Asked, and even if you didn't, we are talking about a very important subject tonight. Where in the world are our grandfathers' political parties? Where are they? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Um, I don't really recognize either party anymore. To tell you the truth, Paul, uh, I certainly don't recognize mine. Um, but I definitely cannot say um, that yours isn't also headed down a dangerous path, and an equally dangerous one is mine. Um, I I agree with you. I don't I don't think we have seen certainly not in our lifetimes we have not seen the two parties uh, so much at odds with each other, but but even within themselves. Um, it's, it almost seems from, from my point of view, like the uh, left side of the game has started to implode on itself. And, and then as it reaches and grasps for any sign of life, um, it's holding on to ideas that are not entirely liberal. No, or... I mean, it, it, um, I, I think when Hillary Clinton lost, um, that a lot of people in the party suddenly dispensed of Hillary Clinton's mm-hmm. type of ideas and started to embrace more Bernie Sanders type of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that that's a bad thing. I don't know that it's a good thing. Um, I certainly don't think what I saw today is a good thing, that you now have more Democrats viewing Mm -hmm. socialism positively than you do Democrats viewing capitalism positively. You don't have a majority of Democrats viewing capitalism positively, and that is not good. That's not good. Yeah, I saw that number today, too. I think it was something like 51% view socialism favorably and 47 percent or or less even yes view. and it, it's it, that's not good no um you know i thought going into the 2016 election i thought that the republican party was imploding i thought that well we did i thought, I thought that hillary clinton was going to win and i thought that republicans were going to scrap everything start from scratch and begin again and kind of be reborn and it has been you know remolded i would say but um but i didn't expect to see what we are seeing now which is this this shift so far to the left that the the democrats you know traditional democrats cannot get on board with the ideas because they're not liberal ideas anymore. They're, they're socialist ideas. They are. Well, I mean, and look at, look at what happened in New York. I don't want it to speak necessarily against Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. I don't think that she's a perfect candidate. Um, right. I think she's pretty green and has a lot to learn. Um mm-hmm. That said, I do think that her story is pretty impressive that a year ago she was tending yeah. bar and in a few short months she's very likely to be elected to the United States House of Representatives. 
that in itself is impressive. Um, and that in itself is representative of what the House is supposed to be. The House is supposed to be mm-hmm. for the common folk to get elected to, um, the everyday people who haven't had a lot of time in politics. Maybe they've had a little bit of time in local politics, but they certainly you know, haven't been on the political scene for a long time, probably. Uh, that's what it's supposed to be. And so that's a great thing. Um, so do you think that um, we have sort of over-idealized the House of Representatives to be something more than it should be, that we've, that we've decided that we have to expect a lot more from those individuals than what we should really expect. I think that you're right to say that it was a, it's, it's, it's very bold what New York did. And it speaks a lot that um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was able to win that primary. Um, But you're also right to say that she's, she's very green. She, I have been concerned with with more than three interviews that she's given, and that's well. And I, you know, sometimes I think, okay, maybe we should stop with the national interviews, uh, and stop with the national campaigning, and mm-hmm. focus on the district because it, to right. me, that was the whole basis of her campaign was that her uh, her primary opponent, Congressman Crowley, had sort of forgotten New York. Right. Um, I want to know with the stardom that she's experiencing, how long is it going to take for her to forget New York? Mm. Right, because the whole country is rallying around her right now. And all these well, other kids at least in are... your party. Well, yes, of course. And my party's having a field day making <laughs> your fun party, of it. But... Your party is, is doing everything in their power to um, show just how knowledgeable she is <laughs> or lack thereof or lack um, there. but it's it's i think um there will be a big test come this winter mm-hmm. uh with whether or not nancy pelosi is reelected as leader of the party um right. and i think that will be uh the telltale sign of where the democratic party is going yeah um, I think but it, it it's equally uh, concerning to me where my party is going. Um my party is, is seemed to forget its principles. Um my party passed a tax plan that for all the benefits that it has had um it added a trillion dollars to our to our national debt, uh, one trillion dollars, mm-hmm. one trillion. The Reagan tax cuts, for reference, were deficit neutral. Right. The reason the reason that that you had such a problem with debt in the Reagan administration was because of the of the space race um, and and the Cold War fights with the Russians. It wasn't because of the tax plan. The tax plan was deficit neutral, uh, and for whatever reason. Current congressional Republicans chose not to embrace that ideology that has for so long been ours, um, and they've seemed to forget fiscal conservatism. Um, and um, 
That makes me sad, not because they're forgetting fiscal conservatism, but because they've claimed fiscal conservatism as a as a a staple of our party for so long, and right. and then the, they pass such a, a massive policy proposal that seems to forget that and abandon it. Um, we seem to to um, to have abandoned the idea of free trade um, for this so-called quote-unquote fair trade. Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry to my dear friends on our side of the aisle, statements from elected officials at a certain point aren't good enough anymore. They've got to start bringing bills to the floor. If the leader won't run them, then they've got to withhold their votes from other legislation until the leader does run them. Right. And I hate to say that because that, that's toxic politics, but they have got to wield the power that they have in order to make change because we are in a toxic political period that started with Newt Gingrich uh, probably in, in 94 with the Republican Revolution. Uh, I mm. think it's when the really toxic era of politics ended. Actually, I think it was probably around June of 1996 when Bob Dole uh, left the Senate and Newt Gingrich was left on his own as the leader of the party. Uh, and, and Bob Dole was no longer there to balance him out. Um, Interesting. I think they, I think that my party lost everything that Bob Dole taught them about five minutes after he left. And I <laughs> think that it has been gradually in decline for the last 22 years. And we are now seeing, um, seeing that. Uh, I think um, the advice um, given to my, to my dear friend uh, and mentor John McCain to pick Sarah Palin um, was bad political advice, and I think that that advice and that that um, that choice uh, contributed to the decline of our mm. of our discourse in our party. Uh, that said, I think that John McCain, on his own, has done much to uphold it and much yeah. to respect our institutions um, and, and, and our our way of life. Um, and didn't he, he, I think he also acknowledged that picking Sarah Palin was a, was a political move that he didn't feel good about. He, he did. And, and, and he, I, I don't know that he necessarily said that it was a mistake to pick her and he's never said anything poor about her. But I think what he has expressed regret over is not choosing Joe Lieberman because that's what he wanted mm-hmm. to do and that's what he knew right. in his heart was a good was the right thing to do. Um, right. And so I I think there's a difference um, between him saying that he didn't do what he wanted to do and he didn't do what he felt was right uh, and right. expressing regret over that. And I think that 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 is more the issue. Um, he's acknowledged that in his latest book, The Restless Wave. Um, that he's written with his longtime contributor Mark Salter, and I think we talked about that on our first podcast. Yeah. When we talked about our political right. uh, idols. Um, speaking of John McCain, though, I think it says a lot about our our party and the state of it that more people won't stand up for him against the president. Um, mm-hmm. The president, for example, signed into law today the John S. McCain Fiscal Year 19 National Defense Authorization Act. Yes, Congress named it after John McCain. Yes, John right. McCain is chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. Yes, right. 
John McCain has been in service to our country for 60 years, was a prisoner of war, has participated in the passage of 32 consecutive National Defense Authorization Acts. 32, 32, 32. That's a, that consecutive is a, bills. Wow. And, and course, I didn't know that. That's uh, of course, was was the the Navy liaison to the Senate um, before his career right. in Congress. Uh, right. And so, I mean, and the president did not mention him. Mm-hmm. The president did not read the full name of the bill. He said the National mm-hmm. Defense Authorization Act. Right. He did not say the John S. McCain Fiscal Year 19 National Defense Authorization Act. He said the National Defense Authorization Act. He did not thank Senator McCain. He did not mention Senator McCain. And then he goes not an hour later to a fundraiser in New York and bashes mm-hmm. John McCain's vote on Obamacare that's over a year old. Right, right. This I, president, saw, I saw that, actually, yeah. This they president mean. is the most pathetic person to ever hold that office. He is so small and so narcissistic, so driven by egotism, that it blows my mind. Yeah. And to see our party capitulate to him on so many things. I mean, not that they haven't stood up to him, especially on the, on the health care repeal, they did. But I want to know why our, our party doesn't just hold his agenda ransom until he straightens up. Especially those in the Senate who are retiring. Why? I know Bob Corker is upset with Donald Trump. I know Jeff Flake is upset with Donald Trump. Why don't they say we're not voting on anything, anything, mm-hmm. until this happens? We are not voting. I don't care what they tank. They could tank anything. And they should right. tank everything until the president straightens up and Congress reclaims the party. Congress has let go of so much responsibility. Congress ceded a lot of power to the executive. Uh, I think a lot, um, a little in the Bush administration, a lot in Obama's administration, and a lot now. Uh, And I think that's not good. Congress should reclaim its constitutional authority. Congress has the constitutional authority to reclaim. It should do so, and it should do so right now, because if it doesn't, then our party is lost to Donald Trump. And I don't want our party lost to Donald Trump. I am upset that our party has forgotten what Bob Dole told us at the convention in 1996, that we should be open to the citizens of every race and religion. Um, And that anyone who disagreed with that or did not understand it could leave. Um, I believe that he said um, that the exits in the hall were clearly marked for them to walk out of as he stood his ground without compromise. (laughs) Okay. They could leave. They could leave the party. This party 20 years ago was a big tent party. Ronald Reagan designed the party to be a big tent party when he overhauled the party. Okay. It's supposed to be a big tent party. And slowly but surely we've gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And now those of us who dare to criticize the president on anything, are called liberals, are called rhinos, are called never Trumpers. You know, we're, we're called all these things. And it's, it's not healthy. It's not good. The party needs to welcome people of every race, religion, age, gender, uh, sexual orientation, uh, socioeconomic background. Uh, it doesn't, it, it, 
we need to welcome everybody. Uh, anybody that wants to subscribe to our tenants as a party should be welcome in our party, participate in our processes um, as a party. Uh, and the fact that we will not do that because those whom we have elected seem quite keen on on capitulating to the president um, is sad. And I understand uh, that in many parts of the country, the base has now decided that support for the president is a litmus test. Um, but dare I say that it might be worth risking re-election to stand up for the right thing and withhold their votes and do what's right, get the president in order, get the party in order, get the country in order, get the Congress in order, get things back to the way they were supposed to be. Well, I mean, that, yeah, I agree with you. It's easier said than done. Uh, no, it definitely is. Convince, and it's easy for me to say I'm not, I'm not there. Yeah, I mean, it is difficult, especially in recent months, I've thought about more and more how difficult it must be for a congressman to not be swayed by the idea that they must be reelected. Well, I I mean, it's, I think it's always difficult to go against the president of your own party. Mm -hmm. That's never easy. And for my friends in the House, um, unfortunately, they're never not running for re-election. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's understandable to me. It's disappointing, yeah. but it's understandable right. to me that that's always in the back of their mind because they're constantly running. So right. every de- every decision they make affects that. The Senate, you have a little more leeway because you have a six-year right. term, and people yeah. have short-term political memories uh, yeah. in general. Um, well, yeah, for the senators, yes. Um, and so I think they have a little more leeway when they get up there to yeah. to make a few more difficult decisions than than the folks in the House do. Yeah, it, I mean, it gives you a new respect for those in the House. It's, it's it a does. Difficult, difficult job and difficult to peruse through every issue. But, but, I, but think... I don't. I don't know where the hell my party's going. I don't know where the hell your party's going. Um, I mean, well, you said you know you said that you want to see the party of of Bob Dole um, back into into yeah, play. I do. What I want to see is the the party of uh, of Robert Kennedy back into play on my side. Um, and essentially, those are those are one in the same. Both held that belief that that government should work for every single citizen um, and that every single person deserves to be treated like an American, deserves rights as an American, and deserves every opportunity that being an American affords that person. And right now, what we're seeing is the sacrifice of that for the sake of politics and the sake of the outrageous, because both parties are in a tailspin and they, and and they have no, neither party really has any idea where it's supposed to go right now. It has no no idea which way is up. You, you, you see, um, you see uh, Democrats sort of railing against corporate America 
um, mm-hmm. railing against people who are who have made themselves a fair amount of money, um, railing against white people, um, right, and, and you see Democrat or Republicans. I'm sorry, railing against um, Muslims, railing mm-hmm. against uh, gay people, mm-hmm. um, not, not at least for the president, not denouncing white nationalists and right. Nazis. Uh, right. there, are, there are many in our party who have, but the president did not. For uh, some reason. As well, I can tell you why, because they got him elected. Um, uh, and so I think you, you have both parties singling out large groups of people uh and running campaigns against them. Right. And I, th- that, that's the problem with where we are right now. We are running campaigns not based on what we're for. We're running campaigns based on what we're against. Yeah, which is just wild. I mean, like, that is... We're, we're, under- we're running campaigns that are, we're better than the other guy? Right. The other guy is worse than me? Right. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what I'm actually going to do. The other guy it, it, it is is terrible. Wait, what? It's a. What? Why? Why, a, why can we not run on our records anymore? Why can we not run on our principles? Where are our principles? I think that it. Um, there's just there's just so much that it has to do with a lot of it. You know, I think a lot of it's about the um, it's more exciting when they are fighting against each other. And um, unfortunately, I think that drives a lot of it. Well, sure. It makes uh, for better headlines and you can fundraise off of those. And I, I understand yeah. That. And that's and I mean, you know, that's that can only last for so long. But, um, right. Our, because our, our short term aims are to what end and, right. and when do we pay the price? Because it's yeah. it's gonna come sooner than later, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and and I mean, I I I cannot stand that my party has claimed for so long to be um, a party of family values. Mm-hmm. Yet uh, we embraced as our nominee a man who's been married three times, a man who's openly talked about. Uh, having extramarital affairs um, a man who has uh, alleged escapades with Russian prostitutes um, right. a man who bragged about uh, assaulting women um, that's not family values it's not right um, to say that we are a pro-life party but we uh let chip the children's health insurance program lapse for even a short period of time we let it lapse and when we put 8 million kids health care in, in the balance uh, yeah. for political gamesmanship um, right. no that's not pro-life that's um, not pro-life not standing up for DACA dreamers is not pro-life mm-hmm. uh not standing up for a full budget for the uh, Department of Housing and Urban Development 
is not pro-life, uh, not uh, not supporting um, good uh, state and federal education policies for for children to receive a a free and fair public education that is quality. That's not pro-life. Not fully right. supporting the funding of Meals on Wheels, the funding of uh, Head Start, not supporting, uh, as we should, or at the level that we should, alternatives to abortion, like adoption clinics, uh, programs right. for uh, victims of domestic violence, programs for single mothers, teenage mothers, victims of rape. Uh, John Kasich, for example, the first governor ever to devote state money to a rape crisis center in Ohio. There is a rape crisis center, and that is pro-life. That's pro-life. If you want pro-life leadership, do that. Pro-life mm-hmm. is about a whole lot more than abortion. Oh, yeah. Uh, abor- yeah pro- be- be- being anti-abortion is being pro-birth. Right. But right, which the, is not very difficult to do. But it, it takes a whole lot more to be pro-life. Yes. Right. And we seem to have yeah. forgotten that. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a. It's just it's amazing how. The Republican Party has sort of just taken. That single issue and made it, you know, the single. Thing that they um, that they push and. Um, but at the same time, their policies don't reflect it at all. And yeah. then, but then on the other side, the Democrat, like liberals come back and um, they turn around and they attack them for being pro-life as, as though they are completely against women's rights that they um you know that uh, because they're pro life they they are believing in the patriarchy and that mm-hmm. that women's rights are just going down the drain because they're pro life and i think that is ridiculous as well i mean i i think it's just as ridiculous as republicans saying they're pro life but not supporting real pro life issues and, and and let me say this very clearly to my Republican friends. It is very possible, and Lindsey Graham noted this on, on national news, it's very possible to be pro-life and yet still respect stare decisis and agree that Roe versus Wade should remain the law of the land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah that's... I do. Right. I believe that. And yet I also consider myself to be pro-life. But, Paul, I I have a concern, though, with what's happening with your party, a a major one. Um, And it it stems from one that I had with my party when President Obama was in office. We did not propose much of a counter agenda for him to uh, examine or or to veto. Um, And I want to know. Because I thought we looked pretty stupid when all we did was say no. And I, got, I think you guys, quite honestly, look pretty stupid right now because all yeah. you're saying is, is no. 
Right. I don't think, I don't think that saying you're not Donald Trump or you're not as bad as Donald Trump is going to be enough. Yeah, I think we have this problem right now of there's going to be this blue wave in November and we're running on the Democrats have to take back the the House Senate because if we don't, then the country's going down the drain. And um, what concerns me is, okay, let's play that out. They all get elected. Okay, now tell me, what's the first thing you're going to do? Right. What are we doing? Where are we going? What is you know the, what they're the, the first thing that they're going to try and do is impeach which the president gonna happen because because uh, Kavanaugh is going to get a uh, he's he, he should I think um, uh, be affirmed and and become a member of this their, their number one thing is that we have to stop Kavanaugh and that they're, they're going they're going to try to stop Kavanaugh. well the, the, I mean if they don't take the Senate they can't do that um, right. But, Very true. Yeah. But but if they take the House and not the Senate, I can guarantee you the first thing they're going to try to do is impeach the president. Yeah, which is also ridiculous. I mean, well, I'm I'm sorry, but to to believe that the president is guilty of anything that deserves impeachment right now, with the evidence that we have right now. Is ridiculous because there is none. There's no evidence that he has done anything to deserve impeachment that would that would warrant impeachment that would warrant any sort of criminal trial. There's there's no real evidence of anything. Well, uh, just let me say this though: there is no evidence right now. We're not taking a vote today. It is quite possible, I will admit, that by January there could be evidence. And that I see being possible is that the information that was received in the White House meeting um, or in the meeting in Trump Tower yes. with Russian officials being considered a campaign finance violation uh, or you know uh, if if the whole thing plays out with the uh russian uh interference with the nra and the nra in mm-hmm. turn right. uh, worked with the trump campaign there's that uh right. possibility and there is the possibility of the emolument i mean the federal judge defined emoluments for the first time ever um and i think there could be grounds there i don't know i'm not a lawyer but i think it should be examined um, I, I would yeah. examine it if, if for no other reason than to leave no stone unturned I would examine it right right and that's and that's what they'll do I mean that is exactly what will happen is no stone will be left unturned they will do anything they can to they'll impeach him with with no idea what they're impeaching him for I know I understand that um, and I think um, that that's not good uh, I mean if you want to say that your first policy item is to fix the problems in the Affordable Care Act and make it stabilized, great, say that and tell That's us how you're going to do it. Uh, right. If you want to say that your first item of business is going to be to um, pass a law for making community college free, great. Say that and tell us how you're going to do it. 
But but Rob, here's the problem. You and I are young, educated, white Americans um, who see things clearly and are able to process issues and think through um, the consequences of actions. Whereas I would argue the majority of Americans are stuck in this mode of thinking either, you know, on my side of the table, it's okay, get president Trump gone. We got to get him gone. He needs to be out of office. There's nothing. We, we, we can't have him in office. He's this horrible person. We can't have him in office. Do anything we can to get him out. Do anything we can to get him out. And on the right, you know, it's, it's the pushback against that. It's, okay, defend Trump, defend Trump, defend Trump, defend his words. He said this. Uh, and that's what's happening on both sides for a majority of people. And so <laughs> when you're running for those seats in the House – if you run on an agenda, you're almost you're almost speaking to to deaf ears because they don't they don't care to hear your agenda right now. Maybe All well, maybe in the prim- but is- maybe that's true in the primary, but you've got to get through a general election. Well, yeah, but I mean, and that's even more that's scarier. Like, what's that going to look like? What's a debate between a Republican and a Democrat going to look like right now? I don't know. And and I, I think my my problem is okay. So you you can you can pander to the pro-Trump or the anti-Trump depending on which side of the aisle you sit on. You can do that all election cycle long. What happens when you get there? Right. What happens? What are your positions? What are they? Because if your entire positions are based on support everything Trump wants or go against everything Trump wants, what's going to happen in two years or, or six years when Donald Trump is no longer the president? Right. Where are you going to go? What do you believe? I mean, for my Republican friends, okay, withhold your votes right now. Go tell the leader you're withholding your votes until we defend our allies and we stop treating our allies like our enemies. We support free trade. We support NATO. We support NAFTA. We go back to the Paris Climate Agreement. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do those things. Do the, Stand up for John McCain. Stand up for our veterans. Stand against right. Donald Trump's rhetoric on those things. Tell him that that's not appropriate for a president. I- examine Brett Kavanaugh fully. Mm-hmm. Fully. Unearth his records as a White House staff secretary. And yes, I did just say that. I don't care if you've unearthed a million pages of, of his records. Unearth his records as a staff secretary. Do the you, full you, vetting. You have to. Do the and full vetting. It, they it, have to. It just, it's, and, it's, it's, and for heaven's sake, you cannot say to Democrats, come to the table and mean it sincerely, when they said to you sincerely, come to the table on Merrick Garland for over a year, almost. Right. Well, for nearly a year. For nearly a year. For 10 months. And you said, no. No. How, how are they supposed to take you seriously? Um, at the same time, how are Republicans supposed to take Democrats seriously when for 10 months Democrats said, we need nine justices? 
We need nine justices. Mm-hmm. No, you need to meet with Brett Kavanaugh. If you want to oppose Brett Kavanaugh after you meet him, that's just fine. You should not blindly oppose Brett Kavanaugh because he's a Republican. Republicans should not have blindly opposed Merrick Garland because he was a Democrat. This is unhealthy, and this is making the courts exactly what they're not supposed to be, which is political and partisan and divided. Right. Exactly. The courts are are supposed to be above that. We need to return to the era of of confirmations uh, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Stephen Breyer and uh, Anthony Kennedy and um, uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, where, you know, they were near unanimous votes. Yeah. These are people who got maybe that that received less than 10. No votes. Nay votes. Right. I mean, yeah. Which is. And, and can you even imagine that happening right now? No, no, it's, I it, can't. And, and, it's and, not even fathomable. I mean, it, 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 that's sad. OK, so Republicans, don't forget, you, 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 you are pro-life. You are fiscally conservative. You support free mm-hmm. trade. You support defending our allies. You support a strong national defense. You support family values. You support helping people become independent and, and support themselves. You support... Uh, economic growth, low taxes, freedom, financial freedom for Americans to spend their money the way that they choose. You support that. You support government being small, government doing for the people what the people cannot do for themselves and nothing more. Okay? Don't forget that. And if for some reason you've forgotten that because you're a knucklehead, (laughs) wake up. You do right. not have to capitulate to the president on everything he wants because you are part of an equal branch of government. Congress right. is an equal branch of government to the executive, always has been and always will be. Reclaim your responsibility now or forever regret the consequences that you are giving future generations of our democratic republic because you will not be around to see it. But I will, and Paul will, and our future children will. So we would like you to stop what you're doing, wake up from this madness, and fix it now. Yes. I, I, I just think it's so – I do think it can be partially blamed on the media and on technology yes. increases to, that have, you know – well, we because we, we we have a twenty four seven news cycle that we don't we don't right. we don't wait to process information we react instantly. Right. Uh, yeah. and we don't think things through. Uh, we don't ponder things, um, and we have constant debates on social media rather than in person conversations. This is not healthy. Right. Um, right. Okay, Democrats, don't forget what you stand for. Uh, you can talk right. about that, Paul. Yeah, I mean, if you here's here's one. The first thing that I want Democrats to remember is that your job in the government is not to control every individual and every individual liberty. You are not the party of socialism. We are not moving towards socialism in any way. The Democratic Party is still hand in hand with capitalism. The Democratic Party believes in civil liberties and the rights of 
every individual to be equal and on social issues, you know, the government should essentially not be involved. It's the same with Republicans and their view on the economy is right. the liberal view on social ideas. Right. But at the same time, we live in a capitalist country. Mm-hmm. I do believe that healthcare is is something that needs to be fixed and that every individual in this country deserves the right to health care. I do not that the government should be in control of every every hand that distributes any sort of funds to everything under the sun. No. I don't think that that is the best way to govern. I don't think that is the best way to progress as a nation. I think that we have seen how that works in various countries around the world in history. And we have seen how when that sort of power is placed into the wrong hands, how quickly um, that power structure crumbles and leaves a very select few at the top to rule over everyone. And to a certain extent, economically, we are seeing that start to form in the United States. We're starting to see those at the top increasing their uh, wealth at exponential levels while those at the bottom are struggling to scrape up their next meal. That is a problem that liberals need to address. That is what Democrats need to stand for. We need to stand for social and economic equality. We need to stand for capitalism on a level playing field. But the answer to that is not through socialism. It's not through government control over everything. It's through government enacting legislation that works for each individual and that supports each individual and promotes equality among every single individual in the United States. And if we're not doing that, then, I mean, why not? Why not just hand it over to the Republicans? Because they're going to do a better job than we are if we try to use socialism as a vehicle to make this country better. I, I, I think... And, I, I think... You, the the problem we're seeing now is that you have two well you have an overarching philosophy of government right that is that is this in congress the overarching philosophy in government in congress now is that we're not going to vote on anything that the president won't sign that we know the president won't sign so the democrats don't propose counter policy measures because the president won't sign them republicans don't stand up for our principles because the president won't sign all of it. So we only support those select principles that the president supports. Uh, right. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, let me, let me say we might again. as well hand him the key. Con- Congress is a separate and equal branch equal. of government. Equal, 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 equal. Do you understand what that means? 
people in Congress. You are equal. The president is not your boss. You are not his subordinate. You are his equal. Act like it now. You, you, or you'll get voted out. Yeah, you need to 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 You're propose legislation that is based on your principles. And if he doesn't sign it, so what? But do your put him on blast. Do your jobs, market your yeah. legislation well, and make him right. the boogeyman if you want. But exactly. do your freaking jobs, please. Exactly. Because the because here's 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 the result of that. That is why the blue wave will happen. That is why liberals will take the house. And it's exactly it's exactly why we but support the president. It's exactly why and Republicans then to continue took, that. It's exactly why Republicans took control of the Senate in 2014 right, exactly. because President Obama exactly. said, "I have a pen and a phone." No, 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 yep. no, 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 no. Yep. That's an unhealthy idea. That's an unhealthy idea. And that's why Republicans got the Senate back because they said, "Uh-uh." Yeah. No, and and people heard, and they said, "You're right." No, uh, and you can't. And that's what liberals are doing right now. Yes, that's what liberals but, are doing right now. But you cannot turn around as Republicans and say, "Oh, it was bad when Obama did it, but not when Trump." And you can't turn around yeah. as Democrats and say, "Oh, it was great when Obama did it, but not when Trump." No, 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 no. It's either right for all, or it's wrong for all. There is no selectivity right. in any of that. No. So that's stop a, with the yeah. gamesmanship. Stop with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Propose your legislation. Do your jobs. Market it well. Stand up for your principles. Make the president the bad guy. Force the president's yeah, hand. Why, I just don't see why Republicans are so scared to do that. I don't know. I mean, it, it, do they think that the base is so big? That they will face so much backlash that that they'll get replaced. Is that what it is? is I that guess. What you think it is. I guess. Because the, because the, thing, the thing about think. the the thing about the Trump base is that they'll vote. If if the president is angry at somebody, they'll vote. And and you should take perfect example of that is Mark Sanford in South Carolina. Donald Trump right. announces the day of the primary that Mark Sanford has not been a, a, a strong supporter of his. Mark Sanford, right. in turn, loses his primary that night. Uh, right. You know, you, you and essentially, uh, and I'm excuse me for my frank crudeness that's going to come out in a minute. Essentially, the Republican primaries to date have been a pissing contest of mm. who is more Trump-like. Uh, right. You, you, you saw in uh, in um, uh, Tennessee uh, in the gubernatorial primary. Where you had the vice president of the United States, who had endorsed Diane Black, the House Budget Chair, lose and get third place, take third mm. place right. to to uh, some guy that I'd never heard of, who's a businessman, an outsider, a Trump-like figure in Kansas right now, polonized native state. Uh, the the gubernatorial primary is not decided, uh, but Donald Trump endorsed Chris Kobach, who is holding on to a lead. At least until tomorrow, when the Johnson Who County Provisional Recommendation. I mean, I it, it, it's like a two hundred vote lead. It's incredibly he is, close. He is the worst. He would he would be worse than Brownback people. If you are listening in Kansas and you voted for Chris Kobach, just God no. help you. 
No. It, it, and so I think, yes, Republicans are not standing up to Trump because they're afraid of the backlash in the primaries. Hey, you uh, know what I did today, Rob? What'd you do? I went online yeah. and I signed up to receive my absentee ballot for Kansas, which Good. if you are still registered in your home state and not you, Rob, because I know you are registered in Arizona, but anyone who is listening and is registered in their home state but does not live there anymore, you should absolutely, absolutely still exercise your right to vote yes. and get the absentee ballot and then and and look at the candidates, go to their website, read their platform, watch some videos, and and decide for yourself. Please, who, whose ideas you align with? Please know the process for voting in your state. You still have time in in I think probably every state. You still have time to register for the general election. Right. Please please get on that like yesterday. Like uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think probably most every state now you can register online. Um, even mm-hmm. the ones where they make it a pain in the ass to register, you can register online. You can still do it. Otherwise, uh, I help you do it. Right. Uh, and, and they're out there. Look for those resources, please. Uh, please request your absentee ballots. Please request your mail ballots, especially if you're in a place like Arizona where 70% of voters get mail ballots. 70%. 70 I wonder percent. what the what's the percentage of of people that vote in it. Do you know? Oh, it's it's generally pretty good. I mean, I think it was. I think in the twenty sixteen election, of course, it was a presidential year, but we had a pretty high turnout in the twenty sixteen election. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the problem too. I think is, um, n- not enough people are voting. Well, uh, and, and, and please, uh, no matter who you vote for, make sure to vote. Thank you, the West Wing, for that immortal line that I will ever. Yes. It, it is emblazoned in my heart. Uh, yeah. Please vote. Please yes. vote. Please vote. Please vote. Vote for a Democrat. Vote for a Republican. It, 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 just Anyone. vote. Just vote. Just I vote. I mean, it's. It, we we yeah. have a we have a freedom in in this country that in many parts of the world does not exist, and yet mm-hmm. there are so many people who don't exercise. I mean, the the turnout yeah. in the last presidential election was was what like a third. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. I think it was right around thirty three percent, and I mean. Can you imagine if if there was a rule that if you didn't vote, then you weren't allowed to criticize or you weren't allowed to show support for? Well, the and, 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 that I mean, is in power? I mean, I mean, you know, that it, it, they make it so easy now to vote. You can vote in in most states. They have advanced voting. They have absentee ballots. Right. They have mail voting. Right. You can vote on election day. There's so many different ways you can vote. You don't have to go to the polls at six o'clock in the morning anymore. You don't have to request right. time off. Or you don't have to spend your lunch break in line at the polls. Figure out the ways to cast a ballot prior to Election Day in your state if you cannot take time off work and exercise your rights as an American to cast your vote in the elections. You have 30-something governorships up for election this cycle. 
you have, uh, I think, every state house and a number of state senates up for election this year. You mm-hmm. have uh, the 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 balance of Congress up for election this year. You have ten Democrats running for re-election in the Senate in states won by Donald Trump. Yeah, ten. Yeah. Right. You have, and that's. I'm- you, you, you've got 34 Senate seats. More than a third of the U.S. Senate is up for election. The entire U.S. House is up for election. The, vote. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's and, 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 it, and, and if, you, if, if it, you don't think, if you don't think that your vote counts, look no further than the fact that it is now a week since the Kansas... Mm-hmm. Uh, primaries, and the Republican Party does not have a nominee for governor. In Ohio's 12 district, the Associated Press has not called the race yet. It is too close to call. It is a, it's a district that has been in Republican hands since John Kasich was elected to it in 1982. 1982. It's a district that went for President Trump by double digits, and you now have and it, a, a Democrat within like a thousand votes. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, mean, I mean, this is really insane. Your vote counts. It counts. Chris uh, Kobach and Jeff Collier are separated by a margin of like 215 but, votes. Right. And think about this too. If, if you are one of those people that says my vote doesn't matter, you are not the only person who says that. There, I guarantee there are 250 people in Kansas who say that. Oh, yeah. And, and you would have been the determining factor here. Yes. And my, my, dear, would have... my dear friends yeah. in Arizona, if you're listening, you still have plenty of time. You have until the, 20, uh, the 22nd to put your mail ballot in the mail. To make sure that it arrives by election day, the 28th, uh, or you can take it to a polling place, any polling place on election day. doesn't have to be your assigned polling place. If you have a mail ballot, you can take it to any polling place. You can submit it. It will be counted. Mm-hmm. Please fill out your ballot. If you didn't receive a mail ballot, uh, I think, what is today? Today is it's the eleventh. No, today is the thirteenth, isn't it? Oh, it is the thirteenth. You're right. So I think tomorrow is the deadline to request a mail ballot. Call your county recorder's office, request one if you need one. Uh, please vote. Please vote. Arizona has a really important Senate race. Arizona has nine House races. Arizona could determine the balance of the House. Arizona could determine the balance of the Senate. Please vote. Arizona has the governor's race up. Arizona has every statewide office up. Arizona has the entire state legislature up. Please, 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 please vote. Please vote. Yeah, and it, it's that's that's what it comes down to. If we're going to make real change here, so so um, Paul, we're, we're we just. Start- we got to start what? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Well, I, we have to start participating in more than just 
yes. online conversations. Yes, and, go, go and even go in person your, conversations. Go to your county party and run for precinct committee person. I'm a, I'm an, I am now, uh, apparently as of today, uh, an elected precinct committee person. I have a say in what happens in my county party and in my state party because I went to the county election office. I put my name down as a write-in candidate, and I got elected. <laughs> okay? That. Uh, I mean, come on. Take part in your process. Take yeah. part in your process. Have a yeah. voice. Have a voice. I have, I have way too many friends who I have conversations with about the problems that are going on today. And oftentimes I ask them candidly to be frank if they have talked to uh, the, the congressman of their district or any elected official in their state. Or they know who they are. Or they know who they are. And they inevitably, 90% of the time, they come back with, well, no, but I, I've attended this rally and this rally and we've been to the How about, the how, how about who's your city council person? Who's your state representative? Who's your state senator? Because I can guarantee you they're making more decisions that affect your daily life more rapidly than the people in Washington do. Oh, yeah. But you don't know who they are. But they're important. Right. They matter. Vote in those elections. Study them. They matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you got it. Okay, Paul, we're, we're encroaching an hour here, so I have one final question I want to ask you. And then okay. You, you, can, you can flip it on me when you're done answering. We've, we've wondered where are, where are our grandfather's political parties. We've criticized the state of, of our parties currently. But I want to know, for, for all its faults, why are you still a Democrat? I am still a Democrat because I believe very strongly in the social equality of America. And I believe that there are many, many problems with um, income disparities and, and differences between the wealthiest individuals and the least wealthy in America. And I think that traditionally, um, over the last 30 years or so, Democrats have been the party to work towards a more equal America on those terms. And I think that while right now we're sort of losing sight of that, I think that there is still hope for that change. There's still hope for equality. There is still hope to level the playing field. And to be frank, I think that it's something that both parties can agree on. In a sense, I don't even find myself to be a Democrat anymore. It's why I'm registered as an independent. I will always vote for the candidate who I think is, is, is promoting the mission of the United States. And while 
I have aligned myself with Democrats in that way in recent elections. I think that I can absolutely see myself flipping sides. And it's because if we can come out of this slump that America is in more unified, if we can come together and agree on some ideas, then we will get out of this. We will become better as a country. And we will be a more unified America. Mm-hmm. So that perhaps one day, Democrat and Republican won't be so much a black and white thing. Mm-hmm. So that we can all move towards the center of the Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. And that maybe one day, maybe one day, we will be a country that is the highlight of the world that promotes the ideas that we were founded upon, that all men are equal. Mm -hmm. And that includes every single person Mm -hmm. in the United States and women. And that includes in every single way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It includes Mm -hmm. wealth. It includes religion. It includes education. Well, I I think, I think uh, that it's, it's, we, we we've taken away equality of opportunity in a lot of ways, and it, it's not. We understand that not everybody is going to come out of, uh, at, uh, at the end the same, uh, and I think that's what socialism's aim is, and that's not productive. Um, but we've taken away equality of opportunity, and that's what we have to restore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- when. When that will happen, I don't know. I don't know if it will happen. I don't know which direction we're headed. But, but I, I'm, I believe that with you and me and people like us working for our country, um, at least we will know that some people are doing the right thing, that some people are in the right positions. And by the way, I have to say, before I answer this question for myself, I have to say for anybody who's still listening after 63 minutes, uh, if you don't have uh, the desire to get involved in partisan politics, um, if you're not happy with the direction of either party, that doesn't mean you can't be involved in politics. Pick an issue, pick a subject, pick a topic. Pick a bill that's important to you. Advocate for it. Contact your legislators. Contact your city council members, your county supervisors, your commissioners, your uh, U.S. representatives, your U.S. senators. Contact those people. Get your facts together. Find the groups that, that support your positions. Go and work with them. Become forces. Uh, advocate for the ideals that you have, even if you're doing so outside the realm of partisan politics. Absolutely. And, and for example, my, my thing, my niche, because I don't align perfectly with either party, my niche is education, mm-hmm. especially at a young age. Mm-hmm. It's why I 
am hoping to work with Congressman Joe Kennedy. He has been a strong supporter of uh, STEM education, mm-hmm. passed multiple bills with regards to STEM education, and is, is huge for it in Massachusetts. Um, and it's, it, 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 Rob's exactly right. You don't, you don't have to be party affiliated to be involved in politics. You don't even have to hold office to be involved in politics. No, you don't. No, you don't. Um, you just have to get involved in your community. Inject yourself yep. into the community. Yep. And, and that, that doesn't mean necessarily go to all the protests. No, that's not what we're talking about. No. Contact your legislators and get your yes. hands dirty. Yes. Yes. Um, by the way, people, I, my personal opinion, I haven't asked Paul this, but my personal opinion is that part of Paul's passion for education might maybe possibly stem from the fact that his father is a respected uh, leader at a large Catholic school in Kansas. Just maybe. <laughs> you you might you might uh, be onto something. Did, did I hit something there? Well, my dad is the president of of one of the Catholic high schools in Wichita, and he's done a fantastic job there in yes, the six years that he's been there. Yes, he has. Um, his mission is is to promote the wealth of education within the school among every single student mm-hmm. to make every single student feel like they are there for a purpose, mm-hmm. to make every student feel loved, mm-hmm. to make sure every student graduates and gets to college and gets mm-hmm. a degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and props to my dad. Yeah, he is. Oh yeah, mad props to your dad. Your dad's great. The man. He's he's done a fantastic job. I hope that um, that I will continue to learn from him and and be able to ask his opinion one day uh, with regards to education around the United States. And and your dad, I think it should be noted, made a sacrifice in in leaving his uh, career as a, a successful attorney yes. uh, yeah, to, he... follow, to follow a passion for education. I mean, your, your yes. dad had a presumably pretty lucrative career as an attorney. Um, he, he's, he's, not, uh, he's not afraid to admit that, you know, you know, my dad worked for Coke Industries. Yes, he did. Which, if you're not familiar, you know. Oh, it's a pretty big, you? yeah. You, you, they're, they're pretty big, you know. But he took on, you know, a significant pay cut. Yes, he did. To go and, and to inject himself into the Catholic community of Wichita and to make a difference. And he has. And, yes, he has. And um, so in other words, we're saying follow of... Paul's dad's example, people. Yes, he said it's a good one. That, that's he, what, that's, that's good... what we're saying. Uh, and I want okay, to answer, answer this question really fast. Now tell me, tell me, Rob, why... Why in the world do you still consider yourself a Republican? Because I believe that, and I always will, that government should exist to do for the people only what the people cannot do for themselves. I always will believe that. Um, I believe that uh, people do better when government sets the tone and says, these are the rules and regulations you have to follow. And then gets out of the way the best they can and lets people decide for themselves um, and, and lets local governments decide 
Washington does not know Arizona. Washington doesn't know Kansas. Washington doesn't know Massachusetts. Massachusetts knows Massachusetts. Arizona knows Arizona. Kansas knows Kansas. I believe as a Republican that that's what we believe. We believe in small federal government. We believe in larger powers being concentrated in, in state governments and local governments. Um, we believe in the government existing only to do for the people what the people cannot do for themselves, such as provide for a strong national defense. Um, that's what I believe as a Republican. I believe that government is not there to provide every service to the people, but government is there to make sure that people can have access to those services freely and fairly. Government is there for that, um, and, and Republicans support that. I believe in a strong national defense. I believe in low taxes. I believe in fiscal conservatism, in, in uh, low debts, in being fiscally responsible, in balancing our budgets. I believe that if every day Americans have to balance their budgets, that the federal government should have to do so too. And at a certain point, banks tell you and me, no, we're sorry, you can't have any more loans. Well, I think at some point, somebody's going to say to us, no, sorry, you can't have any more loans. Um, mm -hmm. I worry about when that day comes, and that's why I'm a Republican, because I think that our focus has got to be on, on getting the government out of the way to make for social equality, and then being physically responsible and conservative so that future generations can enjoy the same promise of America that we have and that our parents did and that our grandparents did. Because let me tell you, they did not go die in Germany and Normandy and Vietnam for this shit to be happening. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, if, and if, I, I also if, believe, for all its faults, I also believe that if you're not part of something, you can't fix it effectively. Mm -hmm. So I have remained a Republican, not because I believe the Republican Party is perfect, but because I believe that it's imperfect. But I know what it can be. I've seen it happen. And I've studied it happening. I know what it can be. And I'm working every day to make it closer to that again. Because I know right now we're not in a good spot. But we'll get there. I need people to join me. If you are a, a disaffected Republican and you feel like a, a, a chief with no Indians or uh, you're, you're on an island and you don't have a home right now, come back. Fight the good fight. It's a good fight. It's a fine world and worth the fighting for. Um, our party still believes at its core the same things that it always has. We're on a little bit of, a, of an interesting trip right now. We'll come back, but we will only come back if people fight for us to come back. So if you're a disaffected Democrat right now, go fight to get your party back. If you're a disaffected mm -hmm. Republican right now, go fight to get your party back. Get involved in local processes. Contact your representatives. Be a part of it all. We love you. We'll see you next week. Give us your idea or next whenever we do this again. Give us your ideas <laughs> for what topics we should cover. Uh, we, we'd love to hear from you. Give us your questions. Give us your thoughts. We don't know. Send us your Christmas cookies, I guess, if you really want. Um, I'd love them. Uh, well, Not so too I. many. Uh, I'm supposed to be on a diet. Well, I'll take, I'll take all of Paul's cookies. Um, oh. We, we love you very much. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll see you very soon. I'm Rob Egan for Paul Knapp. This is Since You Asked, and even if you didn't, good night and good luck. <laughs>